0: If you do something out there during a run or a walk, it'll drift back into here. The feeling of competency doesn't finish at the front door when you walk back in. You will have changed the state of your mind.
1: Hey, this is Scott Toddnum and you're listening to the Life is the Future podcast, a podcast for health education, middle school, and life in general. It's summer, but that's not going to stop the podcast. This is the Life is the Future Summer Series. Tune in for our summer shorts. These will be quick tips for health and wellness, as well as expert insight. These will be weekly interviews with an all-star cast of adults from around the nation and around the world who work to improve physical, mental, emotional, and social well-being. These incredible people will lend their time to give listeners some insight into their passion, advocacy, and life in general. Hello, everybody. I'm excited this week to offer to you William Pullen out of the UK. William is a a London-based psychotherapist. He is the founder of Dynamic Running Therapy, or DRT. He's an author. He's written Running with Mindfulness. Again, that's about Dynamic Running Therapy. He's also a TEDx speaker, and he has a pretty popular TEDx talk out there on the internet called Movement is Medicine. And he's got a passion for, as he calls it, authenticity and mindfulness, as well as mental health. So, William, hello and welcome.
0: Scott, nice to be here.
1: Would you mind giving us just a quick introduction into anything that I may have missed and also what your recent work has been and any of your passions in life lately? Yeah, yeah, with pleasure.
0: So, um, I think of myself as a sort of, uh, prodigal son yeah actually i've never said that before <laughs> i have described myself one as this once as the son of uh, don draper um but I but you know after a life of uh, of messing around yeah um uh, in, including all the sort of worst things you can imagine yeah uh you uh most of the vices you can imagine maybe indeed every single vice um mm-hmm. i uh i then had a bit of a sort of uh, meltdown at 39 uh Got really depressed. Went into therapy. Took up running, um, and um, and it took me a couple of years to pull myself back together again. It was hard work. It's particularly hard when you're when you're depressed. I trained to become a therapist then, and I really wanted to. Div- I want I wanted to develop a kind of therapy that would combine the. What I felt had been so valuable, the running aspect, the community of running, sure. running with another person, sharing with another person, feeling that motivation, that confidence, that sense of, of embodiment, uh, that sense of health, all the things that you really need when you're depressed. So I developed this thing, and then I got a, a book deal from Penguin, books in 13 countries, yeah. and that's kind of where I am now.
1: Do you mind giving our listeners all the way from uh, an adolescent here in middle school to high school through to adults? Can you offer us a simple definition of mindfulness?
0: Well, I don't know if there are different definitions, but I'll give you the one that I understand. Okay. Um, mindfulness is the pr- is a practice. I do it every morning for 10 minutes. Uh there's mindful walking. There's mindful running. There's mindful just about anything these days. But simple mindfulness meditation, sitting down, often is based in in breathing. Um, and what you're essentially looking for in mindfulness is the exchange of being in your mind with all of its wasted energies and, and anxieties and thinking, looking forward and looking backwards. Mm-hmm. And instead, you concentrate on your body and you anchor yourself in the here and now yeah anchor yourself in the sensations provided by your environment through your body and that way you get out of your head right where we can waste so much of our day and you get to enjoy being right here right now where typically more often than not, everything's actually just fine. And the things that you're fearing or regretting are, are, are just not uh, present. Yeah, I try and teach to my students
1: something similar in that um, living in the present, and that always kind of gives a laugh, like how else are we living? <laughs> you know, <laughs> How else am I supposed to live? But yeah. we, we talk about how a person can very much be mentally either in the past or in the future. Yeah. So that simple definition as, as guidance can help. And it's basically just being aware and acknowledging emotions at the same time without self judgment. And you do a nice job of explaining and repeating quite often through running with mindfulness in the book is that you are not your thoughts. And I do find myself repeating that often. And that comes through quite a bit is that you are not your thoughts, those emotions you might open the door with, with mindfulness, specifically your DRT, uh, is that you're opening up the experience of your emotions, but first of all, that's not you as a definition. It's not a person. It's not solely what you're made out of. And I love that you can be mindful without sitting in your typical meditation pose yeah. you know and so uh you talk about mindful running and drt that can be done with empathy runs with uh, other individuals but we could be mindful and running solo correct
0: oh absolutely and mindful walking yeah i mean i love mindful I call it strolling. It drives my sister mad. In England, you know, we do a lot of walking here, just recreational walking through the countryside with a dog or something. Yeah. But most English people like a good brisk charge. You know, we're we're good Protestant people here, and <laughs> and, uh, and and you know, you don't dither around. <laughs> I like to dither. It's taken me years to learn how to dither, and and and. Mindfulness taught me just to slow down, listen to the crunch under my foot, examine every plant, look up every tree, and it's so much more enjoyable. i really, you become so grounded. Mm-hmm. You, you're no longer doing that charging thing. I don't think walking and charging should be happening at the same time.
1: Right. Uh, you're, you're quite a big proponent of enjoying nature and having that as part of your mindful running is being grounded and noticing your surroundings.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. on. No, yeah. And that piece about... Um, about meeting things without judgment you know letting things come and go Mm -hmm. we have many thoughts in our head all day long the mindfulness practice where you concentrate on your breath you try to count to 10 breaths you keep on getting your thoughts get interrupted by your concerns about the future or past and then you start again and typically you know as you get to three and then there's. Thought comes along, you go, oh, darn it! I've done it again." Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm no good at this, and, and you get frustrated. And you go, oh, okay, I'll start at one, gets three or four. Oh, there I go. And <laughs> so the practice, what you're looking for in that practice, is to learn how for you to accept those thoughts that uh, can feel like can feel quite persecutory, persecutory. Yeah. For help me with that, will you? Persecute you. Per- <laughs> <laughs> they can feel like they're persecuting you. Right, right. Um, and just and just go, you know, uh, that's a thought, now just let it go. It doesn't serve me in any way to give myself a hard time. And so you learn just to, just to accept feelings and let them come and go. It's just a thought. You know, this one moment I feel great about myself, the next moment I feel like an idiot. Nothing's changed. I'm still the same person. Mm-hmm. It's just... I give weight to these silly ideas that I have about myself.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's very clear that you explained that this is all – just practice is that once you begin, you're doing it. Your mindful running uh, does not, it, or mindful walking does not need to be this skill that's highly developed in order to begin is that you're starting off and then you just get better with it. You get better at being inside your own head. Yeah. Uh, you get better at some empathy runs if you're running with another individual. And I love your quick tips and, and questions for self-reflection that you offer up, uh, including some for parents who want to get their own child Running and get their own child reflecting and talking about their life experiences. Yes, yeah, so I include a bunch of questions and
0: running games that you can play uh, to create uh, empathy and uh, and closeness with parents and right. and yeah, I, do, I love. There's nothing I love more than seeing a family running together. I think it's fantastic.
1: Right, your own origin uh, story is unique. Is that you got going on this, as some might put it, a little bit later in life. Um, But you found it, and you've been going with it, and the TEDx talk has uh, quite a few views. Movement is medicine. Can you elaborate a little bit on what that means uh, without giving away the entire 10-minute talk that everybody should check out? But explain a little bit more on, uh, elaborate on movement is medicine as a phrase.
0: Yeah, um, the talk has lots of sort of um, sordid details of of my downfall and family background right and then sort of moves into how running how movement was a medicine for me uh, and it sort of details all the different ways which I sort of mentioned already where where movement in specifically in my case running uh, is healing everything from from the community can bring you if you're if you're feeling lonely uh, to how easy it makes it to share your story with somebody you'll, you'll see at the end of the talk. Uh, a methodology uh, called empathy runs where I I describe how you can use that specifically, Mm -hmm. but yeah, side by side with people, much less threatening. Any parent will know that with their kid. Yep. Uh, So the power things are different. The look in the eye is different. The sense of confidence that you get. You know, sometimes we feel, oh, God, I'm so lost today. So go out and have a walk. Do something where you're not lost. Go from A to B. You know your way from A to B. It's surprising how if you go from A to B or even decide to throw in C, which you've never been to before, go to C and then come home and see if you still feel so lost. Because if you do something out there during a run or a walk, Mm-hmm. It'll will drift back into here the feeling of competency doesn't finish at the front door when you walk back in you will have changed your the state of your mind and so that's how i use it therapeutically with my clients is it and i show them look you you may feel depressed and useless and that you can't do anything but today you just did an extra 100 meters mm-hmm. as i said it's it, it works powerfully side by side yeah well,
1: again, I still love that you explain there's no right or wrong way to dynamic running therapy. Yeah. If you find yourself wanting to explore a feeling or a stressor more, then you can do so. If not, and if you find yourself running and you're just not quite ready for it, then you explain that that's also okay. Yeah. Uh, I think that's kind of freeing to hear. Um, And refreshing for any reader or listener to hear that there's no forced way. You offer up some very basic guidelines on grounding yourself and getting moving and then doing some self-reflection. But other than that, uh, I like the, the many different angles that you can take on a mindful run.
0: Yes, and that's a mindful run element. There is also in, in the book and in my app, which is also called Dynamic Therapy. which by the way mm-hmm. is 100% free all the way through. There are programs in the book and the app for various mental health conditions. Okay. Uh, in the app, there's only two, which is depression and anxiety. 20 session programs that show you, gives you subjects to explore while you're running. But yes, you're absolutely right. I tell people, hold those Goals likely because so much of life is counterintuitive, and if you chase happiness or you chase anything, it, it, it can be elusive. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, yeah,
0: you'll follow on that. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that app
1: that came out, too. So explain what what users can do um, within the app that may be different or is just kind of a piggyback onto the book itself.
0: Uh, how is it different from the book? Well, of course, you spend a lot of time listening to me talking to you during those 20 sessions, talking to you about anxiety, asking you questions then record onto the app using a big microphone icon that's forever on the screen. Sure. Um, and so you take a note. So it's more guided than the book. It's my voice taking you uh, along. Um, so I think that's different. I, I'm not sure how many other mindfulness running or mindfulness walking apps there are, but that's in there as well. Mm-hmm. There's And then there's lots of med- other kinds of meditation in there. Okay. Uh, I'm really proud of it. I I'm, I, I know there's, I know there's nothing like it out there. I think it's a first mover offering therapy on the move. You know, I
1: must say that your talk about running through Hyde Park um, hit home for me because I lived in England for a couple years in my youth. And so I knew exactly what you were uh, mentioning, what you're talking about out there in London. Um, and now I find myself uh, finding more, much more concrete in my life. You know, it's tough to find that nature walk and that nature run um so it's funny that you know you got hyde park and you get places in big towns and big cities that do have some of the nature there even amidst uh, uh, all of the big sky rises and all of the concrete as i put it so i do love that part there i could i could connect to so i appreciate that
0: what were you doing in london
1: ah well my father got uh was hired to work and this is a long time ago now, but to work with the Army and Air Force bases that the uh, U.S. still had stationed all over Europe. And he was in education. And uh, so we were actually living in the English countryside, uh, more Oxfordshire than anything, but attending American military schools. Right. So that was my experience for a couple years as uh, an adolescent. Um, and we did some traveling, and it really helped kind of shaped my worldview on things um cool. yeah so that was something that happened when I was young age age 12
0: right um, well it was obviously uh, influential if you're uh, a uh, educator now yourself
1: yeah it absolutely was uh, I think that stuff runs in the family yeah. are you a parent yourself I'm not a parent myself no it's just uh your questions for children just had that sense of mentorship and um so it, it they're very
0: they really connect uh,
1: mm-hmm. i can explain that
0: yeah my ex my ex fiance was uh was a teacher at a uh at a leading school here in london and i asked her uh. if what she what what you know all the current research was on and what the current um sort of uh, manifestos for education were and blah 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 blah, blah. And yeah. i managed to get in touch with a lot of different very uh very admired teachers and, and sort of brought it in from there so i you know, i was lucky i i had good sources mm-hmm. um, rather than uh, personal experience
1: yes absolutely
0: is there any projects that you're currently
1: working on do you see anything any more writing in your future or right now are you just kind of focused on doing the best you can for your psychotherapy and for your clients
0: yeah i'm doing the best i can for my psychotherapy i've got some family stuff happening um, I'm working always to update the app. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm working on uh, on authenticity, a, a book on authenticity, a technique towards authenticity. I call the four A's. I, I, I won't bore bore your listeners with right now. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm always uh, I'm always loving the field I'm in. You know, I, I feel lucky to have found a vocation.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I think that that passion definitely comes through in your speaking and in your writing. And so I'd like to thank you for sharing that. Is there a specific organization, is there a resource or a couple that you can give a shout out to that do help guide your work, your own education, or that listeners might also benefit from checking out with mental health and mindfulness? Yeah, you know, uh,
0: this might seem like a strange answer, but uh, my sister, who's a zoologist, gives me all of her copies of New Scientist, which... I would get even if 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 she wasn't handing them to me. Uh I like reading all about the latest uh, the latest research being done in all sorts of different fields, from psychology to biology to AI. Sure. I think it's uh, very informative about the world in which we live, and of course we live in that world. So yeah. Uh, it behooves you to know a little bit about what's going on. I think that inspires me a lot.
1: And let's make sure that we give uh, listeners a place to find your work as well. So can you make sure you give us your website and the title of your app and book one more time?
0: Yeah. So the book is called Running With Mindfulness in America. Um, The website is called dynamicrunningtherapy.com. The app is also called Dynamic Running Therapy, I'm afraid, only for Apple at this point. Uh, If people want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Pullen Therapy on Instagram. I'm D underscore running therapy. Well, here's what we'll do, uh,
1: William. We're going to leave our listeners with something that I ask uh, every adult on, or at least have this entire summer. I'm going to put you on the spot and ask if there are three things you can point to that have created success for you, either professionally or personally, that our listeners, no matter what age, might also consider in their own life. So these can be any three things. This could be directed towards your DRT research or any of your therapy that you've done. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so any any takes on life that we can leave our listeners with?
0: Well, I'm well prepared, to teach. You'd be happy. <laughs> um, okay, good. I, uh, <laughs> number one, I don't over plan. Spent my life having big ideas, thinking them through until finally I worked out where the problem would be and then not doing it. Mm. Um, Don't do that. Don't make that mistake. Most things you just need to get started. They never play out the way they think you are. Even if you spent six years trying to become a doctor, you you, you may change halfway through and become an astronaut. Uh But for God's sake, start doing things. Just get going with things. Don't think ahead too far. Number two, Mm -hmm. be daring because you don't know where your skill sets lie, again if you think forward and you say oh I don't have any skills, you'll you'll never do anything, you'll never discover them Um, and you'll never develop new ones so you have lots of skills, you just need to find out what they are and often it's only once you've had to push through something that you discover them you have to get into the game you must be in the game, be daring, Mm -hmm. number three yeah. Start with a single step. So many of my clients who are depressed, so many people who are thinking, oh, you know, I wish I could be an architect or something or a doctor can't imagine working for seven years to do that. Mm-hmm. Just start the first step. OK, yeah. if you're depressed, take a first step out of the house. Don't worry about the second step, the third step. One step is enough. If you think about being a doctor, take one step. One step, follow it with another one, see where it goes. But just keep moving, and you'll be amazed where you can get to. For myself, I went from being, you know, a, a poker playing, drug taking, useless human. Uh, to 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 running a marathon, uh, which I would have never believed was possible, and like giving up smoking within two years, and and I would never believe that was possible, but I learned that by just doing one step at a time.
1: Yeah, well, I really appreciate your your ability to be vulnerable, to break through the stigma of, of therapy, to get into therapy yourself, and to offer up some of these things with dynamic running therapy that people can either check out um, online or just kind of experiment with on their own. So I just want to say thank you for everything, and I appreciate your work. And I really hope we can hear and, and read some more from you as you can continue in this journey of authenticity and finding out what works, working through things like like low mood and anxiety, depression, and, and just stress in general. So, William, thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Scott. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, thank you. We'll speak soon. Thanks for listening and make sure to keep tuning in. Our summer series of the Life is the Future podcast will include summer shorts. These are quick tips for health and wellness, as well as expert insight interviews in which we will hear from a range of health professionals, social justice activists, mental health advocates, sex education experts, music therapists, cancer awareness organizers, and more. This transition between school years will not go to waste.
0: As always, thanks for listening.